A Christian hockey player for the Philadelphia Flyers refused to wear a pride jersey this week, and the media is spitting mad about it. A new investigative report from Town Hall has uncovered unbelievably disturbing details about a gay couple who adopted two boys in Georgia only to serially abuse them, despite one of the men having a recorded history of child sexual assault. So the question I have is, how did this get past the Christian special needs adoption agency that handed over these young boys to their abusers. Man, I've got a lot to say about that. So we've got all of that and more. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout for a discount. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone has had a wonderful week. Man, you guys have been loving yesterday's episode. If you haven't listened to my conversation with Taylor Dukes talking about wellness and natural living, how to realistically do all of that, and then also talking about her journey with a brain tumor and how we wed natural medicine and kind of what we think of as holistic healing with modern medicine and technology. And she is living that in real time right now. Go listen to yesterday's episodes. Just an hour jam-packed with all kinds of education and encouragement. I personally learned a lot about plastics and seed oils and all these things that I've had so many questions about. And I was also just edified by her testimony. So make sure that you go check that out. All right, we're gonna get through a few stories today. We are first going to talk about this hockey player, Ivan uh, Provorov, who is a hockey player, which is not very surprising. If you have that name, either you have to be a hockey player or you have to be a UFC fighter. Those are the only fates for you if your name is Ivan Provorov. And it's also pretty obvious that you are probably um, of a Russian background. And Ivan Provorov, who plays for the Philadelphia Flyers, had never heard of that, but I'm not much of a sports gal, as many of you guys know, uh, he is Russian Orthodox and he refused to wear a pride jersey for some kind of pride night, I guess, that the National Hockey League that the NHL was having. This is according to Yahoo News. On Tuesday, January 17th, the Philadelphia Flyers wore pride themed warm up jerseys and hockey sticks before their game with the items going up for auction to benefit charity. Why? Why? Of all things, like they're sick and homeless and vulnerable and abused and uh, all kinds of in harm's way people out there, all kinds of causes that don't force the people who are supporting the causes to kind of draw moral and theological lines. I mean, honestly, like I think if every company and every sports league and every mainstream entity, both nationally and many institutions internationally are donning rainbow jerseys and rainbow flags, I think that that disqualifies you from being an oppressed, marginalized group. So Ivan Provolov, Pro, Pro, Provorov, sorry about that, um, he, you know, took issue with this. He is an alternate captain, and he, as I said, is Russian, Russian Orthodox. He refused to wear the jersey on grounds of it, violating his religious beliefs. And uh, here he is in an interview kind of just talking about why he refused to use this hockey stick and wear this 
pride jersey. I respect everybody and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Ivan, did you have any concern that not participating in warm-ups did you not your hear, Did you not hear what I just said? Can, can you respect that? Yeah. I mean, honestly, he shouldn't have even had to caveat what he said in the beginning. Like, I respect everyone and I respect everyone's choices. Look, I don't respect everyone's choices. I respect everyone as being made in the image of God and everyone has equal value as an image bearer of God. However, I don't respect everyone's choices. And I, I know, like, I'm not criticizing him for that because, look, you're put in a tough position. You're facing the media who are antagonistic towards you for simply living out what you believe. And you're just trying to say, look, I respect other people. I'm not trying to change them. So stop trying to change me. And so, and that's, I mean, that's fair. This shouldn't even be a story at all. I shouldn't even have to be talking about it on my podcast because, no, no player should be forced or even encouraged to wear a jersey celebrating pride. It just doesn't even make any sense. But people, of course, are very angry about this. The NHL even put out a statement supporting both the Flyers' Pride Night theme and Provorov's right to sit out of the pregame skate. Um, so he didn't even do the pregame skate celebrating Pride Night. And you know what? Good for him. That's really not that easy. We've had several athletes, not even several, I would say a few athletes over the past few years kind of do the same thing. There was some baseball player, I think, last year that also you know, said, look, I'm a Christian and I respect people, but you're not going to make me put on this rainbow jersey. I mean, duh, no one should even question that. It's a silly thing to even get worked up about. But uh, there are some journalists who cover hockey who are very upset about this person's decision not to hit the puck with a rainbow hockey stick. Here's that. The theme from the National Hockey League is hockey is for everyone, okay? The theme is not hockey is for everyone, dot, 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 unless you don't believe in gay rights, then do whatever you want. The National Hockey League need to attack this and figure this out. Because what I heard last night was offensive and didn't make any sense. Nothing scares me more than any human being who says, I'm not doing this because of my religious beliefs. Because when you looked in people's lives, you normally say that publicly, you'd throw up at what you saw. You would throw up at what you saw. The National Hockey League today needs to find that organization a million dollars and reevaluate how they support gay rights. Because that is insulting. What are you even talking about? What are, what are you talking about? This is scary that someone says, hey, because... I'm religious. I don't want to celebrate sex between two men or two women because someone holds the belief about sexuality and marriage that most human beings around the world, actually, regardless of their religious background, held for thousands and thousands of years because he holds the belief about sexuality and marriage and gender that just a few years ago, the majority of Americans, and still, I'm sure the majority of Russians, I'm just guessing, still hold to, that there is a special status of relationship between a man and a woman that is not interchangeable with a relationship between two men or a relationship between two women. And by the way, nowadays, if you don the 
pride flag, you're not just saying, hey, you believe that two women or two men should be able to get married under the law. You are now accepting all of the gender ideology and the gender nonsense that comes with what has become and really what has always been, but really what has become an even uglier objectively from a design standpoint flag. You have to accept the baby colors put together with the light baby blue and the light baby pink and the white that represents transgenderism. So you have to acknowledge or you have to affirm this idea every time you put on that kind of flag, because this is what uh, pride encompasses now. You have to affirm this idea that a man can become a woman and a woman can become a man. I guarantee you none of the hockey players that put on this jersey really think that because no one really thinks that people have deluded themselves into into thinking that maybe or they have tricked themselves into believing they really think that but at the end of the day everyone knows that there are biological fundamental unchangeable differences between men and women that's why you don't see in the NHL any so-called trans men you know girls who are born as girls women who identify as men there's a reason for that because they would get pummeled they would very likely die. They wouldn't be able to compete against them. Like we understand that there is an immutable distinction between men and women, but most people on the hockey team, they just don't want to make a fuss about it. Okay. They just want their paycheck. They don't want the media attention. And so they're just going to do it. And this guy said, I'm not going to, because you know what? I, uh, I am under the authority of someone higher than the NHL. And higher than the media, I am held accountable to something and someone higher. Now, that's not to say I agree with everything that, um, you know, Russian Orthodox theology is. It is Trinitarian. So that's an important aspect of being Christian. They believe that Jesus is the son of God. They believe that the Bible or they say that they believe that the Bible is the word of God. But it's really kind of closer to Roman Catholicism than it is, you know, kind of the rest of non-Catholicism or the rest of Protestantism. I don't even know if you could include it as Protestantism. So it's pretty close to Catholicism, but we share a lot of the same core tenet beliefs. And so he believes that, I guess, that Jesus and what the Bible says about gender and sexuality is more important than what the activists of today are saying. And we should be applauding that. Good for him. That's not an easy thing to do. A senior NHL writer for ESPN was also freaking out about this. Uh, Greg Wyshynski says, Ivan Provorov is the only NHL Flyers player not to have a pride jersey up for post-game auction. The sale of pregame jerseys and rainbow sticks. <laughs> <laughs> benefit flyers charities and efforts to grow the game in diverse communities provorov owes them a donation he doesn't owe him them anything he does not owe them anything and i understand like these tyrants these totalitarians really believe that you should be forcibly punished for not only not just not accepting them but not celebrating them you must be forced to celebrate not just forced to care, not just forced to acknowledge, not just forced to accept or tolerate. You must be forced to celebrate. And if you do not celebrate, you must pay. Now, these are the very people that point their fingers at, say, those of us who don't believe that babies should be dismembered inside the womb and say with a straight face that we are fascists. All right. Everything that a leftist activist and certainly a leftist journalist says is projection. Every time they talk about the handmaid's tale, talk about tyranny, talk about totalitarianism, talk about fascism, they're really just projecting. And that, of course, is what's happening here. Also, 
an NHL analyst, um, freaked out. This is, uh, let's see, what network is this on? I'm not sure. This is on the NHL network. This is on the NHL network. This is an NHL analyst, uh, EJ Heretic. And he is very, very, very upset about this, too. Here he is. And Ivan Probrook can get on a plane any day he wants and go back to a place where he feels more comfortable, take less money, and get on with his life that way. If it's that problematic for him, if this is that much of a problem for him to maybe assimilate into his group of teammates and in the community and here in this country, that's okay. Listen, you can feel any way you want. But the beauty is, if it bothers you that much, there's always a chance to leave Go back where you feel more comfortable. I understand there's a conflict of sorts going on over there. Maybe get involved. Wow. Wow. Okay, so I have so many comments about this. So if you do not celebrate the idea of girls being able to come boys, become boys and boys being able to come girls, if you do not celebrate gay sex, then you need to leave the country. That's the ultimatum here. Like, that's what it is. If you do not celebrate it by donning the flags at your job, then you need to leave the country. You need to assimilate. Apparently, assimilating into the United States is celebrating homosexuality and transgenderism, which is actually probably true. It's become such a like a mainstream core value of the United States. I mean, of the U.S. military, of the U.S. education system that I guess it is a part of assimilation. But the only reason that he is allowed to use the word assimilate and is allowed to say, go back to where you came from if you're not going to celebrate the gays is because this guy is Russian and is because this guy is white. Now, would he really be able to say maybe I'm not sure he might be able to get away with this because we're talking about gay stuff and on the hierarchy of intersectionality, it's hard to see like who's more marginalized. But if this guy were from Africa, If this guy were from Brazil, if he were brown and he decided not to celebrate this, would he be able to say you need to assimilate into our values, which is celebrating gay stuff, or you need to go back to your country? No, he's only allowed to say that because he's white. Now, again, maybe you're able to say that to people who are black or brown when it comes to homosexuality and stuff, because... Again, I don't know which marginalization has more value on the left. It seems to change on a case by case basis, but that's what it is. Like you're allowed to be um, you're allowed to say that kind of stuff against white people who are not from here. You're allowed to say that stuff, especially against Russians. You're allowed to say that stuff about Christians because that's just how it goes on the left. You're allowed to be condescending towards these people because they don't have the same kind of value points because they are not seen as oppressed as the people, as the gay people whose rainbow flag, you know, becomes the logo of every major company in the world for at least a month every year. Just very, very upset and angry um, about this. And, you know, good for this hockey player. Good for this hockey player for staying strong. It will blow over. Like, you know, I can't even remember the name of the baseball player who decided not to participate in Pride Night, whatever it was that the MLB did last year. Um, And so he just needs to stand strong. I hope that he doesn't back down. He doesn't really seem like he would. He had a good response to the media who was making such... Um, such a huge 
deal about this. You know what? Y'all are going to have to get over it. Y'all are going to have to get over it. There are still millions and millions of people. Actually, the vast majority of people around the world still believe that marriage between a man and a woman is different than any other union. The vast majority of people in the world do not believe that a man can become a woman or a woman can become a man. Okay, the vast majority of people in the world, not just throughout history, but today still believe that. So y'all are going to have to get over it. Get over yourselves. We're not going to celebrate you. Just we're not going to celebrate all of everyone's choices just because you want us to. And just because you threaten to punish us if we don't. No, I promise we will actually dig our heels in more. So good for this NHL player and everyone can just stay mad. All right. Let's talk about our first sponsor for the day before we get into this next story. And that is Dwell. Okay, I love this sponsor because I love this app. I use it all the time. It is a Bible listening app. When you don't feel like you have time to sit down and actually read the Bible uh, yourself, which of course that is ideal. We can listen, we can read, we can really take it in. But sometimes you just feel so much pressure to sit down for an hour and a half and read your Bible and then you don't have time to do it. So you don't read the Bible at all. Well, it is better to listen to scripture when and how you can than to not hide God's word in your heart at all. So whether you're washing dishes or you're taking the kids to school or you're on a walk or whatever it is, just turn on Dwell app and listen to scripture. You can choose the kind of version you want, the kind of voice that you want, the speed that you want, all different kinds of ways to customize it. I really love it. This is great. If you've got a resolution this year, if you've got a goal to read the Bible, in a year, this is a great way to do that. It's really easy to catch up to because you can speed it up to two times or something like that if you need to get through some chapters that maybe you missed yesterday. So to get started with Dwell, go to dwellapp.io slash relatable, get 10% off yearly subscription or 33% off Dwell for life. That 33% off means you save $50. So make sure to visit dwellapp.io slash relatable, commit to scripture for the rest of this year or for life. Dwellapp.io slash relatable. All right, before we get into our next story, which is a very like dark story, and I'm going to try to stay not too much like in the details and weeds of it because it's just it's it's so much. Um, Let's let's add some levity. Let's add some levity to our episode today. Um, Once again, I guess all the levity segments that we have are about fashion. I'm not a fashion gal, but I guess I like looking at the trends and stuff. And so we are going to. Look at what is apparently, according to the trendspotter.net, I don't know, is that a, like an authoritative source? Maybe so. This is, these are the trends. These are the trends that are heading our way or have headed our way, and I am going to tell you whether I approve or not. And you can also leave a comment on YouTube to tell me if you do. All right, let's look at trend number one, black cutout tops. Um, okay. No, I don't like these. I can't even tell what the second one is. Um, No, I don't like cutout tops. I feel like that was something maybe like in the early 2000s and it's making its way back. I don't think it's cute. All right, next one. Okay, the second one, corset belts. These are like the big, thick belts that look like the bottom of a corset that people are wearing as belts. Again, I would say no. I feel like this is kind of a variation of a trend. Remember when we were all wearing, like we'd just be wearing a normal shirt and then bam, we would put like a thick leather belt around our shirt. 
for no reason. Like we'd be wearing elastic gauchos that don't require, like there is nothing that the belt was holding up at all. I guess it was to like accentuate our waist or something like that, but we would be putting these like thick leather or stretchy belts like around our around our shirt for absolutely no reason as we like pulled our tank top down below our hip bones. Um, So no, but I think a lot of fashion trends aren't really supposed to be cute. They're just supposed to, I don't know, make a statement. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with no on this one. All right, next one. And these are lace up flats. Again, not that long ago that people were lacing up their sandals, like all the way to the top. They were gladiator sandals. Um, the one on the, on my right is not too bad. I can't really see it that well. Um, yeah, I, again, I don't really see any like point to this and they're not just, they're not sandals. They're actually flats laced up all the way. Can you imagine how long it would take you? These definitely do not pass like my airport rules. All right. Next one. Um, color blocking. Sure. Why not? The middle one triggers me because they look like Ukraine flag colors, but um, I guess that's just wearing like solid bright colors together that don't necessarily match, but go together in some way. Sure. Next one. Are we looking at pop color suits? Yes. Um, sure. I have one. It's hot pink. Sure. I like pop color suits. Okay. Next one ostrich feathers i'm guessing they're fake ostrich feathers um sure um head to toe denim no i've never liked this trend i did do denim on denim a little bit in college and then i just stopped what's it called canadian tuxedo yeah no i don't really like it all right so just wanted to give a little you know fashion insight from yours truly. Um, All right, let's go into this dark story that I first heard about a few months ago uh, when these people got arrested. But now there is an investigative series that is being published by Mia Cathell. And she works for Town Hall. And she's done this um, amazing expose on what happened with this couple. The couple is from Georgia. It's a gay couple, William Dale Zalok Jr. and Zachary Jacoby Zalok. So I guess under the law, they were considered married. They're accused and I'm just going to let you know, like, I've I, I've got to say some dark stuff. I am going to stay out of the deep, dark details of all of this because I don't even I don't think it's necessary. But I do need to tell you what they are being accused of to tell you just how awful this is. So know that I'm going to say some really dark and disturbing and terrible, terrible things that are going to break your heart and make you sick to your stomach. But I am leaving out actually the darkest details of what these two evil evil people did to the son that they adopted so they are accused of sodomizing their two adopted sons young sons distributing homemade pornography of the abuse which we refer to as child sex abuse material and pimping out their sons to nearby pedophiles in atlanta area suburbs they have been indicted by a grand jury on charges of incest aggravated sodomy aggravated child molestation felony sexual exploitation of children and felony prostitution of a minor they are facing over nine life sentences and have pleaded not guilty the men adopted the boys through a christian special needs adoption agency Okay, let me just pause there. The men adopted the boys through a Christian special needs adoption agency. The adoption requests of the couple were accepted quickly by the relevant institution 
And we are um, seeing right now, uh, as I'm recording this, that Mia has published the third part in her four-part series. So she has two parts that she published this week, and then she has the third part in this four-part series that she published today. So let me back up. Let me summarize the first part of her investigative um, series. So a month-long town hall investigation reveals disturbing new details about an affluent LGBTQ activist couple accused of sodomizing their young adopted sons, now ages 9 and 11, and distributing this material for money uh, to uh, to other people. Uh, there were recorded jailhouse calls, a trove of never-before-seen court documents and testimony from a family member who spoke exclusively to Town Hall that uncovered the extent of the physical and emotional trauma that these two young brothers endured, as well as the red flags that the state overlooked during the same-sex couple's faster-than-expected adoption process. So if you look at these two um, if you look at these two men and their social media posts, they very much were LGBTQ activists. They were going to the pride parades. They were taking pictures in front of the human rights campaign building. They were constantly posting about how important it is to celebrate pride, to celebrate homosexuality, to celebrate people's identity. And of course, painting themselves as these kind, accepting men who just want to live normal lives and just want to become fathers. Um, the adopted father's 33-year-old government worker, no surprise there, William Dale Zulak Jr. and 35-year-old banker Zachary Jacoby Zulak, was previous, who was previously accused of raping a child, actually. They're from Oxford, Georgia. And as I said, they've been indicted facing over nine life sentences. They indicate that the child abuse um, in this case, stretches back to as early as late 2019, intensified in January 2021, March 2021, and December 2021. And so we are talking about um, anal rape. We are talking about um, what they call oral copulation and forcing these boys to engage in all kinds of sex acts and actually not just making videos of them, but distributing them on Snapchat, going on gay dating apps like Grindr and um, trying to get men to come and have sex or rape rather um, their young sons. And it was actually a man who they were sending these videos to who snitched on this couple um, because he had all of this now sex abuse material on his various devices and that tipped law enforcement and this guy ended up telling law enforcement that hey uh, this couple is producing this kind of child sex abuse material with their sons, the indice, uh, uh, adopted sons. The indictment also charges the Zula co-defendants with soliciting two other men through the use of popular social media platforms um, to perform an act of prostitution. A list of the state's evidence includes 149 images collected at the Zula home, two flash drives containing Zachary and um, another man, the man that ended up snitching on them, his last name is Lawless, which there's some irony there. Um, sexual assault nurse examination results from the children's medical forensic exams. One of the boys sustained serious injuries from being raped by his adopted father, uh, which gathered DNA evidence such as bodily fluids and documented injuries, a text message from Lawless, a Snapchat letter, two written letters from the older Zulok child, and a disc containing a data dump um, from another man who was um, trying to 
I guess, a friend of the couple trying to rape these boys. Um, his last name was Viscaro Sanchez, his iPad and iPhone. And so there was a relative that spoke to Town Hall who um, agreed to give Town Hall um, the phone conversations, recorded phone conversations between him and between these men um, while they were in prison. And this relative is talking to one of the men, Zachary, trying to understand why did you do this? What's really going on? And the guy's like, well, you know, not everything, not everything is totally accurate. A lot of is accurate. Not everything is accurate. The relative tries to try to understand how he's feeling are you worried about the boys are you concerned about where they are and he immediately dismisses that and says well you know we've still got a lot of subscriptions that are live like um, our amazon prime subscription and we're still paying that and we're still paying our disney plus subscription we've got the house payments so all of those things are you know really going to pile up so he was really concerned about the money he's really concerned in these conversations um about himself he's not concerned at all about the well-being of the boys obviously uh because they adopted these boys in order to sexually assault them and to prostitute them to make money off of them they bought these boys being the pedophiles that they are, knowing that these boys having special needs are going to be very vulnerable and are obviously very small, very young, very excited to finally be accepted somewhere, to finally be out of the system and to have people that they actually belong to. Um, and they knew that they were going to be able to take advantage of them physically, mentally, emotionally. There were reports of other kinds of abuse, that there was other kinds of physical abuse, that they would slap the boys, that they would make the boys stand in the corner for eight hours without moving um, for punishment. And so these are sick, sick men. These are sick men who only care about themselves, even in all of these jailhouse calls. All they can talk about is how they are affected, how this has been really hard on them, how this is going to be hard for them financially. They don't care about anyone. They are narcissists. They are abusers. They are pedophiles. And the charges and the details that are uncovered in this investigation are some of the worst things that you are, have ever read about in your life. What they physically and sexually did to these boys, I mean, it is enough to just make you want to scream. Repeated rape, repeated assault. And as Katie Faust says, and look, this is going to be controversial to say, but she's been on the show several times. She's a child safety and well-being expert. She's written books about this. Statistically, the most dangerous person to a child's life is a non-blood relative male living at home. So think mom's boyfriend. Even the stepdad. I'm not saying there aren't amazing stepdads out there. I'm not saying there aren't terrible biological dads or that there aren't terrible biological moms or stepmoms. I'm not saying that. I'm looking at the statistics and the statistics say that the most dangerous people to a child, the people most likely to harm a child in the home is the non-blood related male in the home. These boys lived with two Two non-blood-related men in the home. And so they were always more likely to abuse and exploit these boys. And they obviously had prior perversions and prior plans to adopting these boys. And yet they were still unable to do so. I do not believe that two men should... I, I don't believe that men should be able to 
adopt kids. I don't. I don't. I think it is too risky. And look, that's hard to say because I know there are a lot of great men out there who would be great dads, but I don't believe that a single man, um, I don't believe that a single man should be able to. I don't believe that two men should be able to. I just don't. I think that there is a reason why we have moms and dads. And yes, I know moms and dads can abuse. Like I know that that puts kids, that can put kids in vulnerable situations too. But if we're looking at the data and we're looking at the statistics, kids are more likely to be abused, even sexually abused by the non-related male in their home. So shouldn't we be caring more about child well-being than we should about looking inclusive and looking tolerant? But of course we know, we know that society doesn't actually care more about child safety and child well-being. Let me just say again, kids need a mother and a father. They need a mother and a father and all of our policies and all of our efforts should be toward the safety, the well-being and the protection of kids to put them in a home with a loving mother and father. Let's look at this Christian adoption, this Christian adoption agency that apparently expedited this process and allowed this to happen. Let me pause and let me tell you about our next sponsor. Uh, for the day before we get into that. And that is Good Ranchers. All right, new year, new meat. Subscribe and get free chicken for a year. That's an amazing deal. Two pounds of free pasture-raised chicken added to each box for the first year of the subscription. A $149 value free when you subscribe in January. Start the new year off with meat that you can trust. 100% American, high-quality, convenient, and if you're looking to eat healthier this year, this is a great way to do that. You can have at least one part of your meal every night already taken care of. We use Good Ranchers every night. It's convenient. It's good. We absolutely love it. And I love the people that own Good Ranchers. If you use my code Allie for an additional $20 off your, um, for use my code Allie um, for an additional $20 off your first box of America's best meat and seafood. So go to goodranchers.com. Use promo code Allie at checkout for $20 off any box. Good Ranchers is American meat delivered. Goodranchers.com code Allie. All right. So let's look at this because this is honestly the most intriguing and the saddest part to me that this was a Christian special needs adoption agency that allowed this to happen. And I'm so glad. Like, thank you, Mia at Town Hall for uncovering this and for talking about this. Maybe we can get her on to talk about this more. Just incredible reporting. And wow, I hope that reporting like this actually sparks change. And I hope that, I mean, if we're just hearing about this, I guarantee you there are more stories of this. Of all kinds of parents, by the way, who adopt kids for the purpose of exploitation. Remember that little girl, there was a little three-year-old girl. She might've been five by the time she was murdered, but there was this food network star, or she was on a food network show a few years ago in South Carolina. She adopted this little white girl, even as she is tweeting about like white privilege and how white privilege is terrible and how her biological black kids have it, you know, so much worse than her adopted white kids. And she and her husband ended up beating this child to death. And I'm not so sure they didn't adopt her for the purpose of trying to abuse her and exploit her and use her as an example of evil white privilege. And so like, what are we, what are we doing with our adoption system, man? All right, let's talk about this. So, um, 
Mia is reporting that uh, seven years prior to the adoption, Zachary, one of the men, one of the dads, was accused of being a child rapist, but was never charged. More than a decade ago, there was a 2011 probe into Zachary's alleged pedophilic behavior when he was accused of luring a 14-year-old boy to a residence in Walton County, the same jurisdiction as today's horrifying child sexual abuse case and having anal sex with the underage victim. So I don't like the phrase having sex with when you're talking about a minor. It's rape. It's rape because kids can't consent. I don't care if you say that the kid said yes, the kid can't consent. You're an adult, you had sex with a minor, that's rape. So he raped a minor. The minor was 14 years old. But the 2011 child rape case was shut down and no charges were pursued against Zachary. Interesting. Alcovy Judicial Circuit District Attorney Randy McGinley, who serves Walton County, is now formally asked the Walton County Sheriff's Office to continue its previous probe because he believes it was closed without a whole lot of investigation into it, which is sad. So how was a previously accused child rapist able to adopt two children with his newly wedded husband? Apparently with ease, Mia writes. In 2018, the Zulaw co-defendants adopted the two brothers through All God's Children, Inc., a now defunct Interesting. Private special needs adoption agency in Watkinsville, Georgia. Wow. Which focused on children in the state who have waited the longest to be placed with a family. So they just really, they just really went after the most vulnerable here. All God's children match families with special needs children considered more difficult to place because they're older, need to be placed with their siblings or have physical or mental or emotional slash behavioral challenges. The brothers now ages nine and 11 already came from a broken home where their biological parents were addicted to heroin per relatives knowledge. I do think they had every intention and this is why they adopted them for this purpose. Another family member who spoke exclusively with town hall out of concern for sibling of the sibling pairs well-being expressed, um, William and Zachary preyed on the children's vulnerability as kids raised by struggling heroin addicts. Town Hall's family insider asserted. And then they've got pictures of them like with their kids. Happy gotcha day three years ago. Absolutely disgusting. This was in 2018. As well as undergoing criminal background checks, William and Zachary were required to attend mandatory pre-adoption parenting classes called Parents as Tender Healers, trauma-informed training curriculum to learn more about parenting children with a history of loss an agency caseworker also completed a family assessment, which was presented to social workers throughout Georgia for matchmaking and a home study of the Zulocks. The entire undertaking took eight to 12 weeks. Wow. Those of you who have gone through the adoption, the fostering process, you know, it takes typically takes a lot longer than that. Typically. Seven months after the boys moved in, in 2018, Georgia's courts made the forever family official on November 7th. 2018 all god's children a former member agency of the georgia association of licensed adoption agencies state the statewide network had worked in partnership with the georgia department of family services which oversees the state's division of family and children services to find families for georgia's waiting children town hall contacted georgia dhs regarding how much oversight and involvement it had in the agency's operations they kind of got some standard canned answers town hall also asked if the 2011 case was ever officially brought up over the course of the adoption process for this family and if the alleged in- incident ever appeared during zachary's criminal criminal records check when the co-defendant applied to become an adoptive parent DFCS, child welfare, and CPS records are confidential under state law. The spokesperson replied, as such, we are unable to comment on the specifics of any child welfare or abuse slash neglect cases, nor confirm or deny the existence of related records. As for how involved Georgia DF 
CS was in the agency's background checks, family placement, and home visits. Winton said all families are required to undergo background checks, including fingerprint-based checks of state and national crime information, databases, and checks of child abuse and neglect registries, whether they are working with a child uh, placing agency or DFCS. Um, everything seemed fine. I actually thought DFCS would be more scrutinizing with them because they were a same-sex couple, the Zulok family insider to Old Town Hall. However, it seemed like they passed everything with flying colors. What is a Christian agency doing allowing two gay men to adopt kids? Like, I understand that the secular adoption agencies want to. I understand that. What's a Christian adoption agency who says that they believe in the Bible that God created us male and female, that he created marriage to be between a man and a woman. Why are they even allowing two men to adopt children at all? I mean, if they would have just stuck to the Bible, if they just would have abided by God's word, this case would have been avoided. The adoption process is moving faster than expected, exclaimed the Facebook event page for William and Zachary's adoption shower, which was held at their Snellville house in March 2018 before their mansion in Oxford, Georgia, was built. Which is interesting. They apparently got a lot of money um, somewhere in there. The domestic nonprofit dissolved in October 2022, according to the Georgia Corpor- Corporation's division. The family member who was given access to Zachary's social media account saw that he had privately discussed on Instagram its impending dissolution with all God's children, ex-executive director Emily Carroll Bailey, when he was going to refer someone to, to y'all on the website. Unfortunately, we had to close um, the ex-director said, we are still trying to decide if we want to try and adopt a girl. Zachary told this ex-director, we are doing awesome. The boys have changed so much from when we first met them. They aren't even the same kids. I would say because you've been raping them every day for the past few years and you've been pimping them out to your friends on Grinder. I would say that they've probably changed. Yeah. And you wanted to adopt a girl to do the same thing. You freaking evil people. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything more evil. I just want to personally thank you, he says in his message, and everyone who was involved in our process. The boys truly changed our lives. The ex-director of this Christian adoption agency says, it makes me so happy to hear this. So glad you and the boys are thriving. Zachary then asked Bailey for a personal recommendation on another adoption agency, to which Bailey recommended two agencies open to same-sex families. Bethany Christian Services. Bethany Christian Services. Now's your chance. The most influential and largest conservative Christian adoption agency in America. The church is doing well, y'all. And Chris 180, the first and largest nonprofit organization in Georgia to openly celebrate and serve LGBTQ plus youth. Thanks so much, Emily. Zachary messaged, pinging a heart reaction. Flash forward to this past summer, the country's DFCS office was notified about the need for emergency protective placement for two young children and joined athens clark county sexual assault nurse examiners program advocates who provided forensic medical attention to the abused zulak boys in the midnight july rescue option or operation at the family's mansion both boys were placed in dfcs custody they made us give our uh, give 
us uh, give up our parental rights on August 1st. William, who signed over custody of the children to the state at an August hearing, said in a recorded jailhouse call uh, shared with Town Hall. I really don't want them to go back into foster care because they don't deserve that. My gosh. I mean, these are just sociopaths. Absolute sociopaths. So sad. I mean, listen to this. Zachary had lambasted the children's former foster parents in a private messenger chat from July 2020 with a Facebook friend. And yes, a lot of kids are sexually abused, especially in foster care, he said. Some people only foster for the money and don't give an SHIT about the kids. The boys' foster parents were not bad people, however. They only did it for the money. I mean, what an absolute psychopath. What an absolute sociopath. Again, if like this is just a story that we're hearing about, how often does this happen? Like, how often are people adopting kids for the money? How often are background checks just not even looked into for anyone, for any kind of couple, but especially for the couple that an adoption agency can hoist up and say, look how inclusive and look how tolerant and look how diverse we are. I mean, this is scary stuff. These poor kids. And I just, I mean, this is just one of those things where I just had to wonder, like, why, God, why would you let this happen to these poor children? Why? It makes me so sad. I mean, there are all different kinds of messages where these men are pretending to be these great dads. And um, he posted at one point in 2018, Zachary said, all kids deserve a loving and a safe home. And so they're basically just paying, um, you know, they're playing these these characters and they want people to think that they're good people and they're not. He's criticized conservatives in the past, of course, on social media for being anti-gay. Um, he said, I'm not sure if the adoption agency that William and I used would have stopped us because we are gay for the longest time. That never even crossed my mind. If we had not been allowed to adopt the boys, that's taking our rights away. What about all the LGBTQ couples out there that have been stopped from adopting? What about their rights? What about children's rights? What about children's rights? What about children's rights to an actually safe and loving home? What about a children's right to a mom and a dad who are also loving and safe? Because I understand any kind of person, of course, can be abusive, but kids deserve a safe and loving home. Yes, with a mother and a father. Kids should not be placed. Vulnerable kids should not be placed with either a single dad or two men. You shouldn't. I'm sorry. Statistically, it is just too risky. And maybe it's time we start actually caring about the well-being of children instead of just trying to look tolerant and inclusive and the world's definition of loving because it can lead to some really, really bad outcomes. Now, here's my hot take, although I've probably said a couple already. Child sex abuse especially serial child sex abuse, the prostitution of children, the creating material of sexually abusing children. I mean, these are babies, nine and 11 years. Are you kidding me? You deserve the death penalty. You do. You deserve the death penalty. And most people, when I posted about this on Twitter, agree with me. Some people, oh no, you know, they just, they deserve to just go in general population and general population prison. They'll take care of it. Those prisoners will, will get them. First of all, I think that's a myth. The whole like prison justice thing that there are all these like virtual prisoners or virtuous prisoners in general population that are like looking for pedophiles in order to like punish or beat up or kill or whatever. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't like think that that is actually what is going on. I don't think that that's actually happening. 
Um, And that's not justice, by the way. That's not justice. Like, if you want to look at biblical justice, I don't think that is actually justice. The kind of like vigilante, non-systematic kind of just like beating someone up in prison. I don't think that's justice. No, I want the state to do it. Romans 13 says that the state is supposed to be the administrator of justice, that the state bears the sword. So actually, you are not more compassionate or not more just than me for saying that you hope that they get beat up or raped or something in general population. No, I am actually more compassionate even and more in line with biblical justice by saying that these child rapists deserve the death penalty. And the other pushback that I get is, well, everyone deserves a shot at redemption. Okay, look, they get killed tomorrow. They got 24 hours. All right. Someone can come preach the gospel to them and God can do anything. If God wants to turn their hearts and save their souls, then I believe that God can do that. I do believe that God can save anyone. I I absolutely do. And if he wants to, he can do that tomorrow. God doesn't need. Oh, well, I need 25 more years. I need 30 more years. Look, God is going to save who he is going to save. We were chosen in him before the foundations of the world. Ephesians 1, 5. And if these guys are not chosen, they're going to hell. It's either tomorrow or it's in 25 years. I don't believe that taxpayers should be subsidizing their absolutely worthless, evil lives at this point after they serially raped two little boys that they adopted from a special needs agency. They need to be executed by the state of Georgia tomorrow. That's justice in this case, nothing less. Now, am I glad that they are going to have life sentences and that they're never going to really be able to see the light of day? Yeah, I'm glad. But I think that we would really probably be able to deter the pedophile situation of people producing child sex abuse material and sexually abusing children If we had swift and sure after due process, of course, after due process, execution of child sex abusers. I think that we would solve that problem real quick. We'd probably very quickly diminish or solve the problem of sex trafficking. I think that is a very, very proportionate and even compassionate punishment for sexually abusing a child. You sexually abuse a child and it's proven. It is proven with evidence. Uh, and you have a fair and speedy trial. I believe that if you sexually abuse a child and it is proven, you forfeit your right to life. Period. I think that is justice in this situation and nothing less. And Maybe God can save them before that. God can work miracles. He can do anything. And he don't need 30 years of us, of taxpayers in Georgia, paying for those people to eat and sleep and stay alive. They deserve to die. All right. I'm going to close out this episode with my last sponsor for the day. And that is Birch Gold. All right, y'all. Future is unsure. In the temporal sense, we know eternally who wins. Like we know Jesus is going to take care of all wickedness. He's going to take care of all evil forever and ever. And that's what we can look forward to in all of this craziness of this world. But for right now and in the near future, we don't really know what's going to happen. 
And we want to make sure that our families are taken care of financially, that everything is secure. And that's why you need to diversify your savings and retirement into gold with Birch Gold. For 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, stock market crashes. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. And here's what you need to do. Text the word Allie to 989-898. Claim your free info kit on gold. So when you text that number, you're not committing to anything and you're not buying anything you just get a free info kit you can figure out what i'm talking about and see if it's right for you just text Allie to 989-898 with an a plus rating from the better business bureau thousands of happy customers and countless five-star reviews birch gold is the way to secure your future with gold just text Allie to 989-898 all right, that's all we got for today. A fiery ending for our week. You know, we always keep you on your toes. We we had a lot of different we had a lot of different conversations this week. We got some lighthearted stuff. Yesterday was totally non-political. Even Tuesday was a little non-political. I mean, relatable is kind of like music. Okay, I don't want to drag you down every day. I mean, I could talk about terrible, sad, dark stories every single day, but I don't know if that's good for any of us. So sometimes, like yesterday, I have to. Lift us up and remind us of what is eternal and true and the things that we can do that's right in front of us. And sometimes we really do have to be reminded of the evil and the wickedness, the depravity that exists in the world. And look, read Psalm 37. Jesus is going to take care of wickedness. He's not just doing nothing. And even when I find myself asking, like, why does this happen? Why is this happening? What, how could God allow this to happen? He's a good God. He's an all-powerful God. He could stop anything that he wants to. I wouldn't let something like that happen to my children. Like, why would he allow that to happen to children that he has created? I just have to trust in a way that it's like sometimes very difficult that he's not doing nothing, that his wrath is actually being stored up. And Psalm 37 says this, fret not yourself because of evildoers and be not envious of wrongdoers for they will soon wither like the fade, like the grass and wither like the green herb. Verse 10, in just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there, but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him, but the Lord laughs at the wicked for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. Turn from evil and do good. So shall you dwell forever for the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. So that's what we can trust in. The wicked will one day be no more. One day Jesus will do away with all of it. There will be no more abuse. There will be no more exploitation. There will be no more sickness or sorrow or sin. Jesus will do away with all of it. And we will live in perfect peace if indeed we are in him. And if you want to know more about that, you should read Ephesians 2. Be made alive in Christ and have your hope in the victory that is sure all right that's all we've got time for this week we will be back here on monday